0: It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy, Q,
1: on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Just a few minutes, we'll hear from Eric Galco, Director of Football Player Personnel from the Shrine Bowl. I talked to him earlier today at the Media Day. But I do want to hear from you, we want to be very active with you this afternoon, either on the phone lines or the DontBeBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r and 702 365 Jason in Maryland said, I'm with you, Q. I don't know why the morning show is infatuated with Jimmy G. He has been carried more than any quarterback in history, in my opinion. He's not that good. Niners won in spite of him, not because of him. It's like people forgot and give Jimmy the credit that should go to his teams in all caps. I'm with you on that. I, I don't want to just make it sound like he's garbage, because he's not. He's a, he's a good quarterback, but the Raiders had a good quarterback, and they wanted better. That's that's my That's my biggest thing. They had a good quarterback. They wanted better. Jimmy G, to me, is not better, despite his win-loss record which I think is the dumbest stat in, in, in NFL because it takes 11 guys, not just a QB. Nobody knows what Jimmy G's center's record is, right? Everyone could go and say, oh, hey, this is what his record is. He got 42 wins and 21 losses. Okay, what about his center? What about the right guard? What's his win-loss record? Well, there's no stat for that. Exactly. But guess what? Those cats were out there. How about the defense? Those cats were out there. How about Emmanuel Sanders, who, who he overthrew in the Super Bowl in Miami? What's his win-loss record, right? I was there. The ball was coming my direction. It was a touchdown. He, they were gonna beat the Chiefs and he sailed it smooth over Emmanuel Sanders' head. Yeah, he got him to the Super Bowl.
0: It took a L. Is that the same pass he threw with his eyes closed?
2: I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I just to me he just he doesn't he doesn't fire me up at all. But that's just me. That might be the direction that the Raiders go. We don't know. So that's that's just my thing when it comes to Jimmy G. But we do want to hear from you, and I know we got a lot of patient callers, and I do appreciate that. Seven oh two three six five nine two hundred. Paul and Temecula, you're up first. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, Q? Hey, what? it's
1: good to have you back, Damon. Thank you. <laughs> hey, uh, re- hey, uh, really quick Q. Um listen, man, I I said it a couple weeks ago, I would give up two number ones for Aaron Rodgers. I don't know why we're making this such a big deal and we're complicating things, man. Why are we so why are we holding on to assets that we don't even know they're going to they're going to come out in the NFL like these are prospects. We don't know what they're going to be like. Look at Baker Mayfield. He was the first overall pick as a quarterback. Sucks. Look at Lamar Jackson. Last pick of the first round. MVP. It's a crapshoot. So I, I I would trade two number ones. If I got to give up Waller, one and a Waller, I would do that. It's And, and, and this whole thing about the cap and all this, it's all monopoly money, man. They'll find a way to it make it work. He's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. You could have them for at least two to three years, and you could be competitive and win. This, this whole notion of, of it's too much to give up, to give up what? Two first-round picks for a player that we may not know is going to succeed in the NFL when you got a, a proven commodity? Like, we, we can't – got to be – got to stop being scared of giving up assets to be competitive, man. We, we need to be aggressive, and we need to win. And if, if, if we want – listen, we, we've been trying to build up our defense for 20 years and it hasn't planned out. So we might as well get the quarterback. <laughs> so F <which> is, it. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, Q, Q, what, 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 what's the most important position on the football field? You're right.
2: You're right. It is quarterback. You're right. So
1: why, why, why are we overthinking this, man? Like how, how often do we get a quarterback of his caliber or any caliber going on the trade market? It, it doesn't happen. Okay. So let's just, let's just go for it, man, cause or else we're going to be here next year again hoping and wishing we would have done this and done that. We want to win. Let's not be scared of giving up some assets and let's, let's win. We have a team on offense that could win now.
2: Okay? Hey, good stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's one, it's not our money, so we don't have to worry about it. Uh, I just think that giving up the draft capital is going to hurt the team because they have to build the team. The team is not there. It's not built yet. But I understand what you're saying. That is the most important position. So if you're okay and comfortable with that, maybe that's the direction that they roll with. I guarantee you one thing, 17 would be happy with number 12, with with uh, with Aaron Rodgers coming to town. 17 would have no problem with that. Uh, Robert in Portland, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother?
3: Hey, yeah. I still apologize for picking the Niners against the Cowboys. I just wanted to say <laughs> that too. <laughs> anyway, uh, they they finally met their match against the Eagles in Philly, though. Hey, uh, I agree with you about the you know Jimmy G is he is what he is, and he's, you know we know what he did against the Rams last year when they had the game in the bag, and then the Tart dropped the interception. Uh, the, the problem with Trying to solve this all in one year, the Daniels, I just don't think those guys work that way. I hate to say, you know, throw cold water on this whole thing, but I think when you got a seventh pick in the draft, and, and these guys, I think they're going to be pretty smart. At least, I'm, you know, the better beers will be gone. I think. I think you either, you know, you don't try to move up in the draft because it's going to be, you know, you got to just use the seventh pick. And if, uh, you know, if if. If Bricey's there, you know, the Clemson defensive tackle, I think he's just as good as Carter. A lot of people say Carter's better, but I like, I like Breezy. He's, you know, he's he's really good for for the seventh pick because Carter's going to go probably number one at the Chicago. I just think you got to uh, take Hooker later in the you know third round. If he's at, if he's there, I just think Hooker is a you know it'd be a crapshoot. Yes, but this kid, I watched him against. Uh, you know, great team, you know, and he, he played very well for Tennessee until he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I, he, he's he's mobile, he's got a big arm, and uh, he's a good size. So I think that's the way to go, and I'm not saying he's going to be the next coming, you know, uh, I just think that's the way to go this year because the best quarterbacks, your earlier caller said it best, you got May. May is so damn good. You watched him in that bowl game for, for Carolina. The guy, mm-hmm. in, He's incredible.
2: Nice. I like it. Good stuff, Paul. Thank you for the call. Good, Really good stuff, man. Way to break it down. I definitely appreciate you. I know we got a couple more callers. Hold on. Don't worry. We'll get to you. Please believe we'll have plenty of time for calls and texts. We'll get back to it at 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R N R. Did want to get into the conversation I had earlier with Eric Galco, director of football and player personnel operations for the Shrine Bowl. Maybe there's a couple players that the Raiders will be selecting coming out of the East West Shrine Bowl. Here's that conversation from earlier today. Here at Allegiant Stadium, Shrine Bowl Media Day is going on, and normally we're blessed to have Eric Galco on the phones, but hey, we're here at Media Day. We're at Allegiant Stadium, so Eric, I appreciate your time. Absolutely appreciate it, guys. No doubt, no doubt. So this is a lot of fun. This is our second year being here at Allegiant Stadium, Shrine Bowl's second year being here. How much have you seen it grow?
4: It's been great. Just in the last two years, we've seen not only the talent in the field grow exponentially, 50% increase from last year to, to this past year, and then we'll have you know upwards of 60-plus draft picks, too. But I think the, the city of Las Vegas embracing the game more and more, having people in the community, the local area, understand what the Triangle is all about from the mission as well as the talent the player. So it's been super cool to have this game kind of continue to grow and it was going to be exponential growth moving forward. You know, and from the talent point of view and being able to be hands-on with the Patriots
2: and the Falcons coaching staff, I mean, it looked like those coaching staffs were really getting after it this week. How important was
4: that and how big was that for these players? It's so cool. I mean, Bill Belichick and Arthur Smith were the prettiest girls in the hotel, right? Everyone <laughs> to hang out with those guys and meet them and interact with them for sure, too. I think it was, you know, them just being here and observing and making little comments would be great, but both coaches have been hands-on. We've seen the videos of Bill Belichick getting involved in special teams on the field. He can't help himself. And I've been joking that you know Arthur Smith has been the assistant tight end coach, Bill Belichick, assistant special teams coach. These guys are advisors, but they want to be involved and help these players. And I think I I can't say thank you enough to the the Falcon staff and the Patriots staff and those coaches in particular because they could have just very easily been observing and doing their job, and that would have been great. But them being as involved as they were has been incredible for these players and their experience. How do you feel the players
2: took, took all the coaching in and really realized that hey, this is a job interview. It's a lot of fun. It's obviously going for a good cause as well, but it is a job interview. They're trying to get you know some inside knowledge on what's going to go on on the next level. So, how much did
4: you see those guys grow over the week? Yeah, I think it was uh, the players. I would say it was appreciated exhaustiveness in the sense that they got a chance to get a crash course on what it's like to be a Falcon or a Patriot for the week. They got a yeah. chance to learn the playbook, to learn the habits you need to have to be successful, to learn that hey, you can be in the meetings and learn, but also you got to kind of take that homework home, right? Some of these players were doing walkthroughs in the meal room late at night to get yeah. make sure they know the. Play- Playbook. and i think these guys learn to appreciate that hey i i had a standard at college maybe that standard was pretty high but the nfl is the highest possible standard so i think these coaches have given these players enough to chew on to say hey if you want to be great in the nfl here's what it takes and more and we've seen a lot of these players really grab that opportunity talking right now with eric galco we're here at
2: Allegiant stadium shrine bowl media day is going on it's radio nation radio 920 dtr is a guy that i was very uh, very adamant about wanting to talk to wanted to see how he did this week uh, he's a, a local guy from
4: bishop gorman went to ucla what did you see from DTR? What kind of growth did you see this week? He was awesome, and I think he had a chance to, you know, first off, he's one of the more well-known guys here in the city and yeah, community, yeah. too, and he had a lot of that going on, but he handled the media piece of it great, but I think on the field, he embraced the challenges of learning that Patriots offense so, so well. He was teaching his teammates, and I think he kind of learned that, hey, even if I pick this up faster than anybody else, I've got to work with my teammates, right? I've got to work at their speed and help them in certain ways. I, I saw Dorian especially, you know, work with players and learn, like, hey, this, this player absorbs information this way. This guy knows this information. How can and I make this a cohesive unit and I thought the Patriots practices got better as the week went on and I think it's a credit to Dorian really all the quarterbacks but I thought Dorian in particular did an awesome job taking a leadership role not just in the quarterback room but the entire roster that was something he said to me was that he was working
2: on his leadership he was working on that uh, that was one of the skills that he wanted to make sure that he did better and uh, you know want to continue to grow so he could be that leader on the next level well some of that to me was going and getting Jordan Palmer to be his uh, you know passing coach I mean how, how much was that it was like hey that's a big step for him just to continue to Work on his craft.
4: No, I think I said this last week with you guys as well, which is you know Brock Purdy lesson, which yeah. he started four years and people thought he was maxed out and capped out, and then he worked with Will Hewlett, a great quarterback coach as well, and got a lot better as the draft process went on. I, I think people don't want to appreciate that. Hey, even though Dorian's played a lot of football in his college career, four mm-hmm. seasons as a starter, he's not a finished product. He's still getting better. I think Jordan has done a great job already with Dorian, and I've already seen it. Right, the velocity's higher, the RPMs are faster, and I think he's already shown that he can still get better as a player. And I, I think Dorian's destiny is to be a very, very good NFL quarterback for a long. How much do you think these players notice all the players that come out of the
2: Shrine Bowl? You know, we've talked about a Tyquan Thornton. We've obviously talked about a Brock Purdy, you know, uh, Skylar Thompson, all these guys that are in the next level. Does that make them feel even more like, hey, if I show out this week, that definitely could be
4: me? Yeah, we've had a lot of great guest speakers, and and we've got guys like Darren Waller, former Shrine Bowl player, what his journey in the NFL has been. Nate Burleson speaking to our players this week about his journey as a 03 03 graduate of the Shrine Bowl and his NFL career as well, too. James Houston was a guy that played in the Shrine Bowl just a year ago. He was a sixth-round pick who was cut, practice squad, and then led all rookies in sacks this year, right, so, or uh, sacks per game. So he's been, uh, well, a lot of players that have been in these players' shoes before got a chance to speak with them and teach them what, what it's all about, too. I think every guy is, you know, everyone ask me who's the next Brock Purdy, who's the next Pacheco, yeah, yeah. but I think a lot of these guys are going to be some their own individual people but learn from the lessons of the past. You know, that's what's important is being your own individual person. And one guy who everyone wants to be the next is Tom Brady, and we
2: yeah. found out today that he retired. He's also a guy that uh, played in the Shrine Bowl. So just when you kind of look back
4: at, at Tom Brady's career, what do you think? Yeah, um, I not bring any news, so he will be in the Shrine Bowl Hall of Fame here pretty soon. (laughs) He'll he'll, he'll rise among others. (laughs) Yeah, but he's been a great ambassador to the NFL and the Shrine Bowl and and kind of shows what this opportunity these players can be. Is that, you know, we're going to have a first round pick, multiple top 100 picks this year at the Shrine Bowl. He can be a top end player or he'd be a guy like Brock Purdy and Tom Brady, sixth, seventh round picks who end up being longtime NFL starters too. But Tom's had an outstanding career, and we're very thankful that that career, in some degree, started here at the Shrine Bowl. Eric Gakko is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a
2: couple more questions for you as far as going over to the Raiders facility and practicing there How big of an eye-opening experience was that for the players?
4: It's incredible. And I I told these players, I said, unless you are a Raider, you won't play in a better facility than this one, right? Right. So these players got a chance to see kind of what the best of the best looks like, and we want to provide that for our players all week long. And these guys were a little bit gnawed, and they were kind of here to do a job, and they were focused on that. But I think pre- and post-practice, they were taking some pictures and looking around and posting Instagram because they were like, oh, my God, this is pretty special. Right, and I saw Max Crosby talking to
2: some of the players on on yesterday, and I thought that that was really cool. So did anyone – stand out to you that you think, you know what, that person really probably built their stock throughout the course of the week that maybe was a little bit of a surprise.
4: You know, we talk about the receivers and the quarterbacks. Let's go to the big guys if that's all right? Right. Moro Jomo of Texas, a big defensive tackle, had an outstanding week of practice. Dante Still, defensive lineman Mm. from West Virginia, had a standing week of practice as well. Uh, A.T. Perry, a receiver from Wake Forest, has a lot of similarities, just knowing him personally, his personality to Tyquan Thornton, who was a surprise, wasn't to me a surprise second-round pick. (laughs) I think A.T. will be a second-round pick as well, too. So those are three guys that jumped out that I think Had some big expectations coming in, but impressed NFL teams. Those are three guys that if you're looking at Friday of the NFL draft, they will be day two picks. The question's going to be how high. ShrineBowl.com. Get your tickets right now. They're starting
2: at $19. The game is here at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow. Eric, before we let you go, as far as just uh, the, the the kids that are able to, you know, the patients that are able to interact with the players today here at Media Day, they had the West Coast wheelchair race. Yeah. They had the dance. I mean, they're having all kinds of different events. How big and important is that
4: to be able to give back as well? You know, it's so cool. Uh, last year's my first Shrine Bowl. I got a chance to, uh, to talk with a lot of players after the event. And that was, what's, what was your favorite part? What are the three favorite things? And almost every player included this day on their favorite things they did for the course of the week to. And and part of it's because these guys are winding down. They've had a long week of practice, interviews, meetings. This is kind of a relaxing time to enjoy this very cool stadium. But I think also these guys can appreciate that, hey, this is something that I'm doing for the football industry that's also helping somebody else. And all these kids, I always instill in them. We have people that instill in them too that, hey, do something more than football with your life. And I think whether it's the Shriners Hospital, and actually one of our alumni last year, Vidarian Lowe, chose Shriners Hospital to be as my cause, my cleats. I think a lot of these guys are seeing that, hey, whether it's the Shriners Hospital or something else, they can use their platform to do so much and, I think they're all appreciative that what they're doing this week of practice and on game day is really helping these patients. Well, it's almost to the finish line, right? It's, it's, sure. it's been a long time coming. We've been talking each
2: and every week. It's been a lot of fun, and it's great to see it, uh, you know, to come out like this and shake out like this, and now we look forward to the game tomorrow. Thanks so much for your time each and every week.
4: Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
2: There he goes, Eric Galco, player, personnel, director of football for the Shrine Bowl, and the game is tomorrow. Again, we've talked to him for four, five, six weeks in a row. It's been fantastic. Do definitely appreciate him because he's been very, um, you know, generous with his time and and just very uh you know giving of uh knowledge and that's that's who that guy is man that guy is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the nfl draft and and player personnel so we definitely appreciate him dtr dorian thompson robinson he is a guy that you will actually hear from in a little while he was a guy that you heard me and eric talking about big dub raider hit us up on the don't be broke.com text line at 69187 keyword rnr he said wow q Hearing DTR wanted to improve his leadership is great to hear. I always felt like he was our true leader, UCLA fan. Maybe I'm wrong about him. Go Raiders. I'll say this. I don't want to become a prisoner of the moment, but I know watching UCLA football, and I was so happy to be able to watch some UCLA football this past year, I liked what I saw from him. He's not a first-round pick. He's not a guy that I would start next year. But he is a guy that if the Raiders were to grab him in later rounds and say, hey, you're sitting behind whoever it is, And if they just let him develop and see if it works, great. But if it doesn't, that's okay, too, because it's a later-round pick. I'd be fine with that. Of course, the storyline's right itself. He's a hometown guy, Bishop Gorman. I mean, he's going to have hundreds of of family members at Allegiant Stadium tomorrow watching him perform, and just his work ethic. And then, on top of that, when you hear the quarterback that he's trying to model his game after, you'll also understand why I like him a lot. So, that's a guy to kind of put an asterisk next. DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA. Let's go ahead and go to the phone lines real quick. Got a couple more calls in at 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Lone Star t- State. Talk to our guy, Tim, in Texas. What's on your mind, my man? Hello, how are you guys doing? Ah, fantastic.
5: If, if, if I was um, if I was the Reds, what I would try to do, if, they, if, if Green Bay... Uh, cuz I, I mean I do want Avon Rodgers. I've been on Avon Rodgers ever since the stuff I heard about Carr, but if Green Bay doesn't want uh Carr, if they can try if they can trade Carr to New Orleans and get that 29th pick that they got from um that they got from uh, the New Orleans yesterday, I I would not trade the seventh pick for Avon Rodgers. I wouldn't. Okay. But I would give them the 29th pick and maybe a player and maybe a third round pick or something like that for Avon Rodgers because they just suggested to get rid of a- Aaron Rodgers. As a, uh, and I think that Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, I don't think, if, if he had his choice between the Jets and the Raiders, I think Aaron Rodgers would want to play for the Raiders. But uh, but even if they can't pull that out, you trade Derek Carr for the number 29th pick, you can't get Aaron Rodgers, okay, that's fine. Trade the 7th pick and the 29th pick, move up to number 1 or number 3, and get a quarterback. Okay. And get, well, I would rather uh, I would rather have a quarterback from Alabama, but I know Houston is going to take him uh, unless we can get to number one. But you get the third pick from Arizona and get Stroud. All
2: right. Thank you for the call. I appreciate you. The only problem with that is, as much of a good plan as that sounds like, I don't think it's realistic to get the number 29 overall pick for Derek Carr. I just don't believe that. And, and not because a slight to Derek Carr. It's just the league feels like he's about to get released anyway. Right? So why would you give up the number 29 overall pick? That's where that... Dynamic comes into play. It would be great if everyone thought that there was a chance that he could stick around, and it was a hidden secret that he was going to be traded. But everyone knows he's not going to be back next year, so that's the biggest problem. I don't see any team giving up uh, a, a draft capital like that. Let's get one more good call in. Uh, how about uh, John? John in Salt Lake. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show.
6: Hi, Q and Demont. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Hey, this is a six and eleven football team. Mm-hmm. Go in that locker room. And tell Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, you're going to go with a rookie quarterback. That doesn't fly. This team has got to do everything it can to go get a caliber of a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. This team's morale is shot. Getting a rookie quarterback is not fixing anything. And as far as the future goes, you've got a two-year window here you're working with. Devontae Adams is not going to be here for five or six years. Darren Waller isn't going to be here for five or six years. They have got to make something happen now. I mean, you're in Vegas. This team needs to win, and mm-hmm. it needs to win now. It can't be afforded to be putting things off three, four years down the road. We, we've been to two playoffs in 20-plus years. Oh, I know. I mean, it, 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 I'm tired of hearing this future stuff. We've been waiting for 20-plus years. If you got an opportunity to go get a proven Hall of Fame quarterback, you can't pass that up. You're in a vision with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Denver just went out and sold the farm for uh, the coach from the Saints.
2: Yep.
6: You can't sit and fall behind. You need to stay up with these guys. I don't care about three years from now. Three years from now, will sort itself out. If you got an opportunity to get a guy like Aaron, I don't care what it takes. You go get him. Otherwise, you go into that locker room and you tell your 6-11 and 11 football team, hey, we're not going to be very good for the next couple years, but just stand with us. Sorry, it don't fly. I think they need to make a move. And if they don't, it's going to be dark days ahead.
2: Boom. Oh, I like it. John from Salt Lake City coming in hot. Man, I'm never going to say I'm coming in hot unless I come in with that kind of energy. John from Salt Lake, he laid the gauntlet down, to mine. He laid the hammer down. He said, let it be known. Let all guys' children know that this is how it's going down. You are not going to go into that locker room and tell them cats that you're six and 11, you're going to rock with a rookie quarterback. I love it, man. John came with some fire.
0: He kind of scared me a little bit when he first said, you got to go in there and tell those guys. I thought he was going to say, pack your bags. <laughs>
2: get your ass out of here. Because he named
0: the three best players on yeah, the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. I, thought he, I thought his call was going to first start with like a whole rebuild. Yeah. But, yeah, but man, he really surprised me. That was a good call, John. I thought he was going to give the old Martin,
2: get to stepping. <laughs> Devontae, Max, <laughs> Darren, Hunter, get to stepping. That's what I thought he was going to come with, too. I did, I did feel like that. Me and DeMond looked at each other across the room. We we're like, whoa, buddy. Oh, buddy, here it comes. But then he, uh, he he took it to another angle, and I like it. And it's kind of what I've been saying. I, again, I think that this team needs to be a winner. This team needs to find a way to win. Talked about Sean Payton going to Denver yesterday. Talked about it in great length. And I said it, I feel like, you know, the, the the pressure's on Josh McDaniels and this this staff to get things right. Because at some point, maybe Sean Payton don't get things turned around in Denver this upcoming year. He's going to get it right. He's going to get it right. And Denver's making sure that they give him everything he needs to get it right. They gave up the farm, just like John said. They went all the way in to get that guy. If Russell Wilson has an ounce of, of, of ability left in him, he's going to find it. He's going to get it, and they're going to get right. One quick uh, tweet, and then we'll uh, take a break. Vegas Pete said, Q, the Raiders should pay attention and follow the Eagles' plan. Great defense that swarms the quarterback, speed, good wide receiver, and back with which and, and uh, let's see. Hold on. Oh, okay. Take two. The Raiders should pay attention and follow the Eagles' plan. Great defense that swarms the quarterback. speed. Good wide receiver and back, which we have. A quarterback on a team-friendly contract, that's what we've been winning. That's what's been winning in the NFL the last decade. That's from Vegas Pete, and that's a a good concept right there. I just don't know if the Raiders – I don't believe. I'm like John. I don't think that the Raiders can rock with a rookie quarterback out the gate, out the jump. I don't think that that signals, hey, you're going to be a winning team. And guys like Adams, guys like Waller, guys like Renfro, guys like Jacobs – want an opportunity to win. 326 is the time. We'll take some more of your calls and texts. 702-365-9200. DolbyBroke.com. Text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Plus, you'll hear from DTR. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Got a chance to catch up with him at the Shrine Bowl. And Alec, my guy Alec, who got me in the wheelchair, got me doing the West Coast wheelchair races. You'll hear both those conversations next. Plus, we'll hear from you. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: The feeling that I'm getting is a lot of people ain't worried about building the team for the long haul or building the team for the next few years. It's all about winning now, and I get it. When it's been such a long time since they've won consistently, I get it. I totally get it. So that shifts the attention. If if you're comfortable with that, I, I didn't think that giving up all the draft capital for Aaron Rodgers was a good idea because the team's not built up. That's That's been my whole biggest thing is just because the team defensively – offensive line, still needs a lot of work. I don't know what Dave Ziegler could do. Maybe he could work his magic where he's not really giving up as much as, as I anticipate them having to give up for Aaron Rodgers. not like Green Bay is just going to let him walk for nothing, right? So, I mean, you're going to give up at least a first-round pick, probably a second-round pick, and potentially a player. So if you give up a player, say you give up a Darren Waller, which I, I, I'm i not a big fan of that only because then all of a sudden you're, you're lessening your weapons that you have. Right. I mean, so then you have Devontae Adams, which we all know Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams is all you really need. <laughs> they made that work in Green Bay. But I would like to see Adams. I'd like to see Waller. I'd like to see Renfro. I'd like to see Jacobs. So, you know, maybe you can't fit every everybody into the mix if, if you go and make that move. And and if it helps them win right away, I mean, I guarantee that quarterback would help them win right away. That's for sure. And you probably get. If he decides that he wants to play and we don't go through the every single year of maybe I do, maybe I don't, maybe I do, maybe I don't, like he likes to do, if you do that for a few years, that's cool. Then that gives you time, that buys you time to find that quarterback. And if you have
0: Jared sitting behind him, then, then there's that. Aaron Rodgers needs to play Hall Ball. He needs to tell the Packers, either trade me to the Raiders or I retire. <laughs> well, that's how you get that leverage where maybe it is just the first and the second.
2: I think that I think that they would trade him where he wants to go. I, I really do, you know. And no matter where you're, no matter where you're going, I mean, he he's he's gonna get he's gonna get some good return. They're they're gonna have to give up something. But I like the way that Dave Ziegler did it for Devonte Adams, giving up a first and a second in one draft and getting it done with. That that's my thing. I don't want to see it happen in multiple years, right? I don't want them to say, "Well, you got to give up two first round picks." Well, the Raiders don't have two. they have one. So then all of a sudden you're saying, "Okay, first round pick this year." First round pick next year. So now you go into the draft next year and you still don't have a one, right? That's, I want, if they're going to do something like that, and that's why we've talked about it. DeMond, we had the topic. Would you want the Aaron Rodgers to be, you know, to, the Raiders to go make a move if they could find a way to make it fit? And it was about a 50-50 split. Now, today, it's like a 75-25 split. You know, 75% of people are like, yeah, Rodgers, yeah, go ahead. Who cares about the picks? Like like the Rams, F those picks, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's Okay. Because he is a damn good quarterback. He's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. Is he a a, a, a head case or a, a different dude? Sure. But he's a damn good quarterback. And he's got he's got a great chemistry with Devontae Adams. You know there would be no question about getting him the rock. As you saw Devontae Adams put on Instagram, put a a, a picture of Aaron Rodgers throwing him a back shoulder fade. I don't even have Instagram, but it's been tweeted you know, to me. You
0: so. know he did that, though? So,
2: yeah, I do. How I, was his reason? No, no, I just know that he did it today. Uh, oh, it was today? Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what I do know. <laughs> I, I do know that. I don't I don't have Instagram, but, you know, it doesn't take long to get message out. You know, every every uh, Raiders website and every everybody on Twitter that is a beat writer or a mm-hmm. beat reporter for the Raiders uh, is putting it out. Devontae Adams is dropping breadcrumbs. And- okay.
0: Well, to go to the – we got a text locally from the 702. How does anyone really think Aaron wants to play with Devontae again? You know him. You know his personality. Devontae left him. Like, do you know him? Well, that's that's answering the question right there. Right. I think that they're fine. Even when he was on the Pat McAfee show this past season, he said, "Yeah, we talk regularly still." Yeah. Aaron Rodgers said that about Devonte. Devontae, Devontae Adams. said that.
2: Devontae yeah. said that they were still really good friends. Yo, so, so to that texter, the, I got the media session.
0: <laughs> so to that texter, I think they're still cool. Yeah, they know it's a business.
2: Yeah, no, he 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 calls them whenever he comes to town. Like they they went golfing uh, not too long ago together. I I know that for a fact. I'm not saying that it's. You know, that it's a super solid relationship, but I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would have no problem throwing the rock to Devontae Adams. You saw who he was throwing the rock to in Green Bay. I think he would love to be with his guy Devontae again. You saw how he, he made Green Bay bring back Randall Cobb, right? That's how much he wanted his guy. Randall Cobb was his guy, and he was a very old Randall Cobb, but he still wanted his guy. I think he would have no problem throwing the rock to Devontae.
0: And I really do try to watch as many of those Pat McAfee interviews as I can. With Aaron Rodgers, there was a big story about how he's too demanding or he doesn't talk to enough with the younger receivers. And he said, oh, that story's way overblown. But he does, you know, it's, it's just on the fly where he wants you to just know what he's thinking. And, and with Devontae Adams, it wouldn't be a question. He'd already have that chemistry. It wouldn't have to be, I oh, man, these young guys just don't know how I want it. Right. Or if you got that number one option that you've had for, what was it, seven, eight years? Yeah. It'd be a lot smoother.
2: Got this text on our Don'tBeBroke.com text line from Geese Mode. He says, shut down all the call boards and text lines. John from Salt Lake City just laid the truth down, a mic drop. Vegas won't tolerate a long-term rebuild. We're Raider Nation. We've been through it. We need a win yesterday. That's from Geese Mode. What is Devin in San Diego? Devin the dude, what does he think? What's on your mind, Devin? What's going on, Q? That's actually my uh, my Snapchat handle. See? Um, there it is. But,
5: but uh, if it was me, I'd just roll with city, draft a QB, let the two of them battle it out in camp use all the money we have in
2: free agency, use it on the O-line and the D-line, and then fill out the rest of the defense with the rest of our draft picks. You know, get a quarterback who's under team control for a long time, whether it be Hooker, whether it be Stroud. I'd love Bryce Young, but he's not going to be there. Use that money to build a team around the rookie. And I don't think it would be a rebuild because we already have a solid offense It would be around that rookie. you just have to build up the defense. Okay, good stuff. Devin the Dude, Devin from San Diego, Devin on Snapchat. That's who he is. I ain't mad at that. Good call. And, you know, the thing about it is why I don't think that the rookie is an option is because, yeah, you have those weapons. You know, you have a Devontae Adams, you have Waller, you have Renfro, you have Jacobs. That's nice. But can the rookie – the, is the rookie ready? Is the rookie ready to step in and, and, and maximize those guys' talents? Look, Devontae Adams didn't want – Jordan Love throwing passes to him. You know what I mean? That was that was one of the reasons why he wanted out of Green Bay because, you know, the uncertainty of what Aaron Rodgers was going to do. And he didn't want to all of a sudden have a guy that he didn't know that well have chemistry with and Jordan Love throwing the rock to him. That was part of it. At least that's what was reported. Right? So there's that. So I think that a rookie quarterback is not somebody that's going to step in with the Raiders and start day one. I just I don't see that. Uh, let's get a quick call in from Eddie in L.A. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Eddie?
7: What's up, Q? What a difference twenty-four hours make. You man. ain't lying. Talked about, talked about going after Aaron Rodgers. He was supposed to be the guy, but now after Brady's gone, I think that price goes up. It's going to be hard for them to go. I don't, I don't. I'm not with the mortgage in the future. Yeah, the Rams did it. Look at where they're at. And yeah, if you're talking about Vegas, you know, the Raiders being in Vegas and need a winner, how are you gonna? What are you gonna do in two years when all that comes to take? You got to pay all those draft picks back. You got, you're not gonna have anything to show for it. They're gonna be worse off. So I think you really got to sit there and calculate exactly what you can do and when you can do it. If, if the price is right for Aaron Rodgers, do it all day. Don't even think about it. But at this point, you know, not, not a lot out there for the rest of the teams that are being needed. There's going to be a bidding war, I believe, and that raises the stakes for them. So, I mean, this team has backed themselves up into a really big corner. I don't know what they're going to do. I am not down with them giving up the entire farm for Aaron Rodgers. You know, one and a two—that's something we can live with. Uh, I'm like—I'm with you. Get it out the way, do it now, and then just—you know—build and build and build that defense through free agency. But um, yeah, we're, we're in a—we're in a worse spot, I think, now than we were before. Sit him, and maybe a young QB. But that's—that's going to be a lot to chew if you're Devonte Adams, especially if you came over here and wanted to play with Derek Carr. That didn't work out. Then maybe Tom Brady. That didn't work out. And then if uh, Aaron Rodgers don't work out, man, we got problems. Raider Nation, stay up.
2: There he goes. Says Eddie in LA, thanks for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And got a text on AdobeBroke.com text line. Vic Tafer tweeted out the Raiders are blowing it up. They're in full rebuild mode, especially without a quarterback. Doesn't make sense to give up picks the team is going to need. I didn't see a tweet from, from Vic saying that they were going to blow it up. Last thing I saw from him was uh, Tom Brady's retirement eliminates a Raiders option, even if it wasn't a great one. That's the last I saw from. So if, if if you saw a tweet that he said that they're blowing it up, please send it my direction because I didn't see that. I haven't heard that. But that doesn't mean that you're wrong. That means that I haven't seen that. Maybe they go and get a young guy in the draft. Maybe they get a young guy in the first round. Maybe they get a young guy later on in the draft. Could one of those young guys be a guy that's local, a guy from Bishop Gorman High School, a guy that went to UCLA, Dorian Thompson Robinson, very athletic, very strong arm, a guy with leadership skills and working on his leadership? Maybe. I don't know, but I got a chance to catch up with him earlier today at the Shrine Bowl. Here's that conversation. Here at Allegiant Stadium right now, Shrine Bowl Media Day is going on. I'm here with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR from UCLA, and also Bishop Gorman right here in the town. And how's this nice, how's this been for you to be here at Allegiant Stadium and and to be able to be uh, in this environment all week long here at the Shrine Bowl?
8: Yeah, man. I would have thought I've already had an opportunity to play here in the Pac-12 Championship, but uh, you know, obviously that didn't work out, so just being able to get this opportunity, it's been super fun. Um, obviously, I've had uh, four other teammates here with me being able to go through this experience with, so um, just being able to get to join this with them as well as all the other guys here, it's uh, it's been a super cool opportunity for sure.
2: You put a lot of highlights on, on film throughout the course of the season. What was that last year at UCLA like? It came up a little short from what you guys wanted, but it was a hell of a year.
8: Yeah, man. It was uh, everything I expected and more. Um, obviously, we fell short, but You know, that's how life goes sometimes. But, uh, you know, just to be able to spend that with my brothers, the guys that I came in with, um, that senior class and the way we finished our last year was our best year. So um, I couldn't be more happy. You've been here all week and you've been practicing and you've been learning from Coach Belichick and the Patriots
2: staff. And of course, the Falcons staff is here as well. But what have you learned in particular from Belichick and his staff? And what kind of eye opening experience was that?
8: Yeah, it's uh it's all about the details for sure. Um, you know, that's the biggest thing with the NFL. Uh, you know, talent and all that is Matt. So, you know, the guys that'll come in every day and, and focus on the little find new details and, and making sure that they're staying up on their craft is uh is what's gonna set you apart, so
2: this is a lot of fun, but it's also a job interview, right? I mean, you're you're, you're out here, and all 32 teams are going to be paying attention to what you bring to the table. So what do you bring to a particular team?
8: Yeah, man, I think I bring a, a competitor, um, someone with a real competitive edge, and someone that's going to come in every day to work to win. So, I heard you talking about you you know—you kind of model your game a little bit after Jalen
2: Hurts. He's going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, how much have you feel like you've even taken your game and improved it from the end of the UCLA season to where you're at right now?
8: Yeah, I think uh, it's gone light years away, and... Um, you know, the the fun thing for me is I still have a lot of room to grow, um, a lot of room to grow. It's just both a person and a player, so uh, I think that's what makes this whole process fun, and uh, it'll end up. Cast me for for later years to come so i'm uh super blessed
2: does this ever kind of do you ever have to pinch yourself and realize like there's an nfl team that plays here in your
4: backyard where you're from
8: no 100 percent, 100 i would uh i would obviously love the opportunity to come back home and play for the raiders um but at the end of the day an opportunity is an opportunity and i'm uh i'm very blessed to be able to get that so how many friends and family are you going to be here for the game tomorrow Oh, I'm, I'm uh, hearing it's going to be over 100. So, uh, <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> no, exactly right. So section 100 should be pretty packed
2: out. So. I heard that. I heard that. And so, uh, again, kind of going back to the Raiders real quick, because they do need a quarterback, you know, and, and maybe there's an opportunity. Again, you're, you want to go to any team. That's all that matters. But they have Josh McDaniels as the head coach. You were working with Bill Belichick. The similarities are there. The lines are there. I mean, do you see everything
8: kind of lining up a little bit, maybe? Yeah, man. The stars are aligning. So uh, I hope that keep to continue to align. But again, uh, like you said, opportunity is an opportunity. And, uh, you know, I'll be blessed either way. So, well, good luck to you, man. I definitely appreciate you.
2: Uh, thank you, guys. Go Bruins. There he goes. DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson, UCLA, Bishop Gorman. Look, Bill Belichick and the Patriots staff coached him up this past week. Bill Belichick was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center chopping it up with Josh Daniels at practice. I mean, I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm just saying. Maybe they're passing along notes on DTR. Maybe it's a guy that they decide that they want to try to develop. Again, he's not going to be a first-round pick. He's a guy that this is what the Patriots do. They get in the habit of drafting quarterbacks and drafting quarterbacks and just seeing what they have. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes they trade them. Sometimes they don't. Whatever. And maybe that's a case. Maybe that's something you're going to start seeing more regularly from the Raiders. Who knows? I don't know where he's going to go. It's a long way before the draft even happens. But I like the young man's work ethic. I like the fact that him and Jordan Palmer are working really hard together to try to continue to improve his passing. He's working on his leadership. There's no I've never get mad at a guy that wants to work extra hard to get to improve. The guys that I get mad at are the guys that think that they made it and they don't want to work no more. He's not one of them. I can respect that. 3.45 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back, get to some calls and texts. Plus, you'll hear from my guy, Alec. Alec, who is fantastic. And really, you know when you only have to go by one name? You know you made it. You'll hear from Alec next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
2: Paloma of Fox 5 Sports will join us at the top of the hour, 4 o'clock, talk all things UNLV and their signing class. They inked, what, 18 people today? Already had, I think, seven in the early signing period. They got some walk-ons. I believe, as I was talking to Steve Cofield down the hallway, I believe they're up to like 30-something people in their incoming class that they have for 2023. Coach Barry Odom uh, brought in a pretty impressive haul. So we'll talk to her all things UNLV coming up at the top of the hour. Then at 4.30, Gary Payton, the Hall of Famer and the NBA champ. He's going to be a coach of the Celebrity All-Star Game. I'm going to be playing in it on Saturday And I say playing very loosely. I'm going to be participating (laughs) and making sure I take care of myself. But we'll be out there, and we do have your tickets to that. So we'll talk to Gary Payton, GP. We'll talk to him coming up at 4.30. But we got a text that I was confused by, and we never got a response on on our Don'tBeBroke.com text line. It said, Vic Taver tweeted out that the Raiders are blowing it up. They're in full rebuild mode, especially without a quarterback. doesn't make sense to give up picks that the team is going to need. And I didn't see that tweet. I think I'm pretty active on Twitter. I'm usually pretty – You know, on on point with whatever is tweeted out. Now, Instagram, Snapchat, all that, you got me. But Twitter, I'm usually on point. So the only thing I saw was his latest article. And Damon, you did a little bit of research, and what did you find?
0: All right, subscribe to The Athletic if you haven't because they put out good stuff. And, guys, you got to read the article sometimes because in one of the last paragraphs that Vic put out, he says, For those Raider fans suggesting that they punt this season and wait for USC's Caleb Williams in next year's draft, slap yourself, wasting not <laughs> one but two years of Crosby's and Adams' prime would be embarrassing for a franchise that has already had so much egg on its face.
2: Boom. There you go right there. So nothing that you saw in that article, I will be first to admit, I have not read it. But uh, you saw nothing that said that the Raiders were blowing it up, per se. And if the Raiders were blowing it up, I'm sure Vinny would have put something out, would have said something. Uh, I don't think that that is the direction that they are going. I I just really don't. uh, I think that that would be crazy. I think that that would be a terrible decision on their part, especially when they have as many weapons as they have. Uh, Are they a really good, solid team right now? No. But they have the weapons to turn things around quick, fast, and in a hurry.
0: And before we get to Alec, let me just finish off that little paragraph there. A top rookie QB and or Stidham gives you a chance to win now. There's no way that this guy said they're blowing it up.
2: Boom. There it is right there. Thank you so much to Mon for uh, the fancy research there, which is really not fancy research. It's just reading. So uh, yeah, there's that. But we will take more of your texts. We'll take more of your calls on the other side at 702-365-9200 and our don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Now I want to get into a conversation you heard from DTR a little while ago. I want you to hear this conversation. Really fun conversation with my man Alec. Basically the face and the the, the voice of the Shrine Bull has been doing it for a long time. A young man. He's in a wheelchair. He's going Always be in a wheelchair, but he is a hell of a dude. Had that conversation with Alec a little while ago here at Shrine Bowl Media Day inside Allegiant Stadium. I'm up with the man of the hour, man, the the, the guy who is a showstopper. that's my man Alec, and Alec, you just uh, killed it in the wheelchair, the West Coast wheelchair race, and you told me afterwards these guys don't lift enough.
9: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because they lift so much, and they are still so slow in wheelchairs. (laughs) But I'm just kidding. These guys are really nice. They were (laughs) willing to get in these chairs, and I appreciate them for participating and and playing this week. I know a a lot of them, they've had a great week of practice. I'm excited for the game on Thursday on the NFL Network, and I'm just extremely happy to be here instead of uh, Zero Degree Chicago.
2: I heard that. I heard that. And, look, I mean, you've been the face. You've been the voice of the Shrine Bowl for. Very long time, and you've seen this thing grow. How much? How much have you seen this just kind of emerge and evolve?
9: Yeah, it's super cool. Um, I. My first East-West Shrine Bowl was years ago when I was teeny tiny, and it's, it's super cool to see the East-West Bowl go from uh, St. Pete's, Florida now to Las Vegas, and I am extremely grateful to the NFL, who has also supported Shrine's Children's by giving them access to the Patriots coaching staff, the Falcons coaching staff, this beautiful facility in Allegiant Stadium. Uh, the NFL has been extremely kind to Shrine's Children's, and I appreciate them for Choosing and helping kids with disabilities,
2: you know, and you've really had uh, some great experiences. We've seen you on the big stage. We've seen you on TV. We know you're going to have some big uh, event tomorrow at the game. Matter of fact, you're going to be very heavily involved in the game. You want to tell everyone what you got going on? That's funny, Q. I don't
9: know what I got going on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's when you know you're big time. That's when you know you're big time. When you don't know what you got going on, but they're going to tell you what you got going on tomorrow. Well, that's cool. I got a little insight on what you're going to be doing, so I'll share it with you a little bit later. But uh, that's that's awesome, man. But just I mean, just being able to interact with all these players and to see them interact and they realize that, yeah, hey, I'm here for a job interview, but I'm also here to interact with the patients and kind of realize that, as you guys are saying, it's bigger than a game.
9: Yeah, I mean, these guys, they could have just stayed in regions or in their colleges where they're comfortable. They could have gotten closed personal training but instead they decided to spend their time at the East West Shrine Bowl helping kids with disabilities and they've been so great so kind and I'm just excited for a really good game on Thursday they, we have great character guys but we also have the future of the NFL here at the East West Shrine Bowl
2: right and last year I mean look Brock Purdy was here Skylar Thompson was here obviously Tom Brady's been here before we found out he retired today what do you think about Tom Brady retiring finally
9: it seems like February 1st is Tom Brady day we, we have to <laughs> See what he's going to do before everyone starts, you know, yeah. saying he's actually retired. I don't believe it. Let's wait till next season. But, um, you know, I, you're right. The future, the NFL is at the East West Shrine Bowl. Isaiah Pacheco, who's now going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he's been running his butt off all playoffs. He... He was at the East-West Shrine Bowl last year. The Patriots, they really liked watching Taquan Thorne enough to mm-hmm. draft him in the second round. Yep. And we all know that he's a speedster who is going to have a great career in the NFL as well. So... Zay Flowers, he had a great week this yeah, week, and they did. There, he's a. T- there's a ton of other talent on the roster on East and West, so uh, Thursday should be fun. And I, I'm just happy I'm not going to be on the field with them, but I'll be here on. I'll be here in Allegiant watching them with everyone else. No doubt, no doubt. And you're a Chicago native. I
2: know you're a Bears fan. And uh, Justin Fields, he did some did some things towards the end of the season. Looked pretty good.
9: Uh what do what do you think? Maybe is there a player out here that maybe your Bears could use? And when they come out of the draft, you know, now I'm at Northwestern. Q. I can't do that. I'm an objective j- journalist. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> oh we
2: got the fly eagle fly here. Look at it. <laughs> we, have, we, have
9: our friends, uh, we have our friends just uh, mocking me right now. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Bears do. I really do wa- like watching Justin Fields. Yeah. The Bears haven't had uh, a quarterback of his talent in a very long time. So hopefully Ryan polls now. Yeah. Can uh, put some talent around Justin Fields. Uh, either use the number one pick, trade it down. I'm in favor of trading back to the two spot, then yeah. go back to the four spot, then shoot. If the oh, Panthers you're, at you trade GMing it back, it. Look at you <laughs> <GMing>. <laughs> If the Panthers want to trade back too, then shoot let's do it. But... I believe in the Bears and I believe in Justin Fields. That's my quarterback.
2: There, nice, nice. You just got the Eagle hoodie put on you. How about that? <laughs> that's that's a little tip of the cap to the Super Bowl coming up. Eagles and uh, and the Chiefs. So I'm assuming that that's an Eagle fan right there. He represent. <laughs> got the fly, Eagle fly. Oh yeah, represent on all levels. Hoodie, <laughs> shirt, everything. I'm not mad at that at all. Final question for you, Alec. What about uh, DTR? He was here today. Uh, he's, a, he's a local guy. Bishop Gorman went to UCLA. Looks like he could be a heck of a, a player. Put your GM Hat on. What do you what do you think about DTR?
9: I don't know. I, I haven't done too much film on him, but uh, he'll have a great career, just like everyone else here at the East West Shrine Bowl. I
2: love it. I love it. That's my man, Alec. He' gonna go and do some laps around all of us. As we all, as a radio station, thought about getting into a wheelchair, and then I saw you, and I saw you kind of puff up your chest. at everyone, I said, "Yeah, you know what? I ain't gonna do all that. I ain't got no reason to do all that. I don't need. I don't need Alec. <laughs> this guy over here, Willie, he think. Look, like, he he talking about hitting the weights, and he wants us to go do that. Alec, tell him that he ain't. He don't lift enough.
9: No, cute. You don't lift enough. <laughs> See me in those chairs. See me. In those chairs, let's go. It, please. Uh, all right,
2: done deal. If, if Alec called me out, I gotta do it. That's what it is. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was right there. He flipped the script on me. See me in those chairs. Yeah, yeah. Now that's a drop. <laughs> that's a drop right there. See me in those chairs. I was like, dang, okay. Well, now I gotta do it. So I did it, and I, I wasn't good
0: at it, I was terrible. Hey, second place.
2: Uh, yeah, that's right. It's, it's it's so funny. I talk about Natalie all the time. She came down the hallway and she's like, hey, how, how was everything? I was like, it was fantastic. I cheated in the wheelchair race and I came in second. And Craig in promotions was like, what the hell kind of comment is that? <laughs> Had a great time. Yeah, he was like, it's not very often that you walk down the hallway and you hear coming out of the office, I cheated on the wheelchair race and I came in second.
0: You sound like a crook.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Right. You know, it's tax season. It Alec like, you know, I cheated on my taxes. I came in second. <laughs> Anytime you throw that voice out there, you know someone's lying, right? Cheated in the wheelchair race. came in second. Yeah, there it is. So a lot of fun with Alec. He's a real good dude, man. I appreciate it. Uh, having a few minutes to catch up with him. And that race was fun. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254, I tweeted out the video. Um, yeah, there you go. You'll see me. At least I ad-libbed. I ad-libbed. I, I went with the motions on my hand while I was cheating and getting pushed. By a uh, fly eagle fly, I was good to go. So many thanks to him. Coming up next, we'll kick off hour number three of the show. Paloma Villacorta, Fox Five Sports, she'll join us to talk all things UNLV. This is Red Nation Radio nine twenty.